Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley. Colin McDonald with you, 1380 KLIZ, the fan. Find us on Facebook at Lakes, Woods, and Irons as well. And also uh, on Podcast One, good landing spot for Minnesota podcasts and uh, Lakes, Woods, and Irons is right there. Brought to you in part uh, today by Cragen's uh, Legacy Courses and uh, I guess the uh, Tom Lehman course as well with progress being made out there every day. Chris, it's an extraordinary place to work right now for you, isn't it? Yeah, there's there is a lot going on, Mac. It's uh, it's really fun to see. Uh, you know, every day there's you go around the corner and there's a, some type of change made. And, yeah, uh, a lot a lot of progress, a lot of moving parts. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, well, it's extraordinary, really, when you see how much how quickly they're getting things getting things done. I always uh, it's such an art to look at a piece of land and then carve something out of it. In my opinion. Yeah, for sure. Had kind of uh, uh, Eric uh, Von Royden uh, wins the University of Minnesota uh, participant. He was on the Gopher golf team and uh, had a little bad press early in the year when he lost his temper uh, at the PGA Championship, I believe. And uh, yeah, but then uh, bounced back. He's been playing pretty well since and and uh, really well this last weekend. Yeah, won won the Barracuda Championship. He he he's had a great last couple of years, and you know, kind of has just been on that uh, cusp of of breaking through for for a couple of years now. But uh, uh, played very well over the weekend at uh, um, Tucky, California, and uh, you know, interesting format in that event with the stable for scoring system. Yeah, uh, it, it really rewards making. Uh, uh, birdies and eagles, and so fun to see. Yeah, Truckee's a beautiful, a beautiful part of the country too. Lots of pine trees in play on that golf course. <laughs> yeah, spectacular. And it was two events, Chris, because uh, Abraham Answer won on the. Uh, it was a W. What is uh, WCG event? Yeah, the uh, in Memphis, the FedEx Championship, and uh, uh, great field there. You know, gosh. Uh, he, uh, you know, won, won, a, won a, what was it, three, two or three hole playoff. And, yeah. uh, boy, Harris English was, looked like he was in complete control, uh, coming on the stretch. He and, and Bryce and DeChambeau in the last, the last group. And DeChambeau kind of imploded early. And, uh, you know, I, I think, it, you know, it really seemed like English let, uh, the slow play of, uh, of DeChambeau get to them and they were put on the clock a couple times and they were definitely behind the group. It looked like there was about that two hole gap between them and the, the group ahead of them. And, um, gosh, the English shoots 41 on the, on the back nine. He has three penalty shots Yeah, and, uh, Abe answer played great and then played spectacular in the playoff. Yeah, he sure did. They all played pretty well in the playoff there for, um, yeah, Hitting balls pretty close. It was just who was going to make the putts. And uh, Abraham answered. That was his first win, too, I believe, right? His first PGA Tour won, won last year in, in the Australian Open prior to the President's Cup. Uh, but a, uh, you know, he, he he's, you know, was definitely in that list of best players not to have a, a Tour win yet. And a uh, uh, good friend of the, the, the show, Tom Rolfe, uh, who works with some of the Mexican players over the years? Tom's their agent, his agent, so it was a nice, uh, nice win for that. 
good celebration for all those guys, I'm sure. What a way well, yeah, out, what a thrill. For sure. And yeah. uh boy, DeChambeau, I don't know, Chris, he's uh <laughs> I I mean I hope he's okay, but uh he uh he's letting a lot of stuff get to him this year and uh um that's two meltdowns on the final nine that uh, maybe could have been wins and one of them was a major and this was a WCG so, or a, a World World Golf Classic, so uh man, he's uh, something's going on there. Yeah, he he's such a volatile uh guy. It's uh he he's a fascinating study and uh what, whether you like him or not, he, he he definitely moves the needle. Yeah. And he 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 creates news or controversy wherever he goes. And he, um Yeah, he's good for the game, I think. I mean he's he's bound to have fans the way he is. Well, yeah, he bring it. It was interesting reading Monday the that uh, you know the the number of people that were out following him, both people who really liked him and uh, and people who didn't like him. So he, he, he they had the, the biggest gallery following them by by quite a bit on on Sunday, uh, and said so he had the biggest galleries all week and. Um, and, you know, he's, he's very polarizing. People either love him or they hate him. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, those kind of guys are good to have on tour, no doubt. Yeah, for, for sure. It, it uh, brings, you know, it, it keeps the game in front of us. And, uh, you know, if, if golf is the top story on SportsCenter, something's going right. That's right. <laughs> we got our good pal uh, Mark Johnson from Breezy Point coming up. We'll be back with that. Right after this, you're listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons on 1380 KLIZ. Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley. Colin McDonald with you, 1380 KLIZ. The fan, find us on Facebook at Lakes, Woods, and Irons and also Podcast One at Lakes, Woods, and Irons, a good landing spot for Minnesota podcasts. This uh, brought to you in part by Ernie's on Gull, the on-point burger company, a great addition at Ernie's, locally owned and globally loved. Special guest, uh, Chris, I'll let you handle the introductions. Yeah, good friend of the show. want to welcome back Mark Johnson, Director of Golf at Breezy Point. Thanks for coming on the show, Mark. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. Mark, we've talked a couple times Mark, this year, and you were, uh, <laughs> you were uh, well, too busy to join us a couple times. You've, uh, you've uh, like everybody else, there's a, there's a lot of golf being played right now. Well, there's a lot of golf, and there's uh, a tremendous staff shortage. So um, we've, uh, especially on the maintenance side of things. Um, so I've ended up doing a lot of a lot of maintenance work this year for up until this point. So it's uh, it's been a little different uh, different program this year. Mark, you you always wear a lot of hats, and it seems like you can do just about <laughs> anything from. From uh, cooking in the kitchen to to spraying to giving a golf lesson and running a tournament, so um, yeah, I've, I've done it all. You know, you, you wear all those hats. What's uh, what, if you had your choice? What would you be doing on a day at the at the resort? Playing. <laughs> <laughs> I like that answer, but uh, you know, and and. Uh, I don't know. You guys probably aren't aware, but uh, I I have uh, now Nolan Toft is take is kind of taking over the reins of the traditional and white uh, white birch uh, golf courses for me, 
so that I can dwell on some other things that are, uh, you know, very important too. So, um, and that's really given me a little bit more freedom to work in the sales end of things and along with the maintenance side of things, which has been a challenge this year just due to staff and due to um, being able to get equipment. Well, the, the the growing conditions have been a bit of a challenge as well with the with all the heat and humidity we've had. That that for sure. I mean, I I, I felt I lived on a sprayer there for a few weeks. It seems like I was spraying three days a week, every week, and hopefully, you know, it, some rain would be really nice for all the gorses in the area. I tell you, it's so dry, um, and just yeah, for sure, our, you know, nature overall, we need some rain. No question. Mark, for our listeners who aren't familiar with uh, with Breezy Point, tell, tell us about your golf and the, the, the different courses that you have. Well, we, we kind of pride ourselves on that we've got something for every type of golfer, uh, from the beginner golfer um, that could play the traditional course, which is a, it's a, basically we're celebrating our 100-year anniversary this year for the resort. And... Uh, the traditional course is basically, you know, really 98 to 99 years old. And uh, eight of those holes are still original holes built back then. And they're still pretty good golf holes. I mean, they're, they're shorter, but uh, they're definitely, it, it's definitely a fun little track to play. And unfortunately, it'll probably beat you up pretty bad because it's, it's tough. <laughs> you uh, <laughs> said you said that before, Mark. Don't uh, don't sleep on that course because it's going to no, get you. <laughs> yeah, yep. Just when you think you got it, then it'll bite you. But uh, but that's a great course for people just starting out. It's non intimidating. You can kind of see where you're going, and it's not like you're hitting up over hills all the time and and that type of thing. And and uh, so good beginner course, good retiree course because you don't have to hit it as far. But uh, then we kind of got the, our next course is the the White Birch course, which is uh, just a, you know it's an outstanding course for everybody because anybody can play it. It's open enough if you spray the ball around, uh, you're gonna find it, and you can continue to play. And uh, huge greens and multiple tees, so it doesn't matter who you are, you can you can play at White Birch. And we've, you know, we've been doing a lot of nice upgrades on White Birch over the years, and right now we're doing a lot of bunker renovation and that type of thing. So it's, it's, uh, it's in great shape. And then lastly, Deacon's Lodge, which is the Palmer design, which uh, is just an outstanding golf course, and it's in incredible shape, and um, it's one of those courses. You know that touches all four corners of of the property, which is 499 acres. So um, it's absolutely stunning and beautiful out there. Yeah, it's a great golf course. It's uh, one of my favorites. I think it's. I, I haven't had a chance to play it this year, but it is. Uh, I think I think I might be the last time we saw each other. Mark was playing at Deacons. It, <laughs> that might have been two be. years ago. It, it, yeah, <laughs> it was a couple of years ago. Yeah, but. Uh, it's in outstanding, you know. It it's in outstanding condition. It's it's uh, crazy how busy it is now. Um, you know, it used to be where it wasn't like midweek, especially it wasn't that busy. But their tea sheet is pretty much full every day. 
Um, How would you de- describe it, Mark, for uh, maybe somebody who hasn't played it or hasn't seen it? It's well, it's it's a course where uh, you need to play it more than once because there's going to be shots that you're going to want to hit again because uh, you hit it over that hill and didn't realize that. Oh my God! Now I'm now I'm I've rolled down into a collection area that you don't want to be in. Sure. Um, and there it it's uh, you know a lot of bent grass, 56 acres of bent grass on that golf course. So that's uh, that's a lot of bent grass to maintain, and and it's in it's just one of those courses that uh, uh, when you get to courses like that, a lot of times the fairways may not be as wide and forgiving, but Deacons is you know quite generous in a lot of the landing areas and that type of thing. So. Provided you play the right tee. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, Mark, that's that's how I always describe it as to people, is that it's very generous and off the tee, but as you approach the green, that's where the golf course really presents its biggest challenges. You're, and you're 100% right. Mark, you don't the, have to miss a green by much, and you'll be in trouble. No. <laughs> Mark, the Canadian market has always been such a big part of Breezy Point's guests. And with the Canadian borders being closed, how's that that affected your business? Uh, it really hasn't. We, you know, we were we were busy last year once golf got going, and this year it's been incredible and hasn't affected us. One thing about Breezy, Mark, you've got all the amenities for people, the three great golf courses, a variety of choices there, and certainly a variety of choices for uh, places to stay and eat and all the uh, all the great things that come with that resort. Yep, that's true. Mark, going into the fall here for locals, what do you have coming up? And Do you have some nice fall golf specials? Well, um, our twilight specials are always the best. Um. September is such a busy golf month that uh, we're really not doing a lot of discounting till the end of September. Beginning in October, the really good rates kick in. This, all this hot weather we've had this summer, we're going to be able to play until November, December, right, Mark? Uh, no. <laughs> we're not, we're not, not going to make that mistake. We are spraying on snow last year. <laughs> At least when you get to October, Mark, maybe you can take the sticks out and play a couple times. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm going to go play today. Oh, good. <laughs> Tell us about Charlie's League. I know there's not a room in there, but it's uh, it's one of the leagues that uh, oh, I know a lot of guys who play in it, and they they just rave about it, Mark. Well, Charlie, Charlie's Scramble is the first Tuesday of each month, and uh, it's a nine-hole uh, shotgun start. And typically it's at five o'clock. Uh, September's at four thirty. But uh, we we flight it, we flight it according to what people shoot. And if you win first place in first flight, and you win, or if you win first place in fourth flight, you win the same thing. And then we uh, feed everybody a dry aged steak. And. Uh, kind of go from there yeah sounds good socialize 
Mark, tell us a little bit about, we mentioned him briefly, tell us a little bit about, uh, was it Nolan Toft? Do I have the name right? Yeah, Nolan Toft, yeah. yeah. Nolan uh, worked for Deacons uh, for six years and was kind of Mark's right hand. And uh, we just thought it would be a great place for him to grow to kind of take over this venture. And he's done a terrific job. And he, and he's added some really nice ideas and some fresh thinking um and, and and things are going really well i mean everybody likes them no one's a terrific teacher um and uh we just uh he just finished his first uh kids camp as of yesterday so so things are going good nice if people do want to set up tea times or golf lessons uh mark what's the best way for the listeners to go about doing that the best is just to call probably the white birch course which is five six two two one eight five six two seven one seven seven um and and that number can be you can set up tea times for traditional deacons or white birch it doesn't matter yeah we'll do them all yeah you're probably part of that uh uh breezy and some of the schools around have had some pretty good golf programs uh i should say peakwater and some of the schools around and uh, you guys are probably a big part of that mark yeah it's uh it's great to see and and it's actually I've got some of the youngsters working for me as of right now, and and uh, their games are getting better because they're, you know, able to get out on that golf course and practice and play a little bit in the summer. Where so often the kids, uh, they they don't, and you can tell the ones that do. Put it that way. <laughs> Chris, anything else? I think uh, it's great to have Mark on and for him to tell us all about Breezy. We got to get up there, Mac. Yeah, we do. You guys get up and play for sure. Yeah, let's get up there and maybe the three of us. Who knows? That would be a miracle if I got two golf guys out at the same time. <laughs> I, I, I don't. The, those I, don't dr- I don't think I've ever played with Chris. I don't think <laughs> we have, Mark. <laughs> yeah. the, the game doesn't show itself too often in the summer. So. <laughs> yeah, I know that. I don't. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> Mac, those dried age steaks sound pretty good to me. Well, that yeah, no kidding. Yeah, I might have, have to squeeze in one more group, Chris, or oh, yeah. at That's least right. a couple more steaks. <laughs> we can do that. All right, Mark. Thanks for taking the time. We know you're a busy man this time of year and all year long, so pretty sure appreciate it. Well, thank you guys so much for having me. Appreciate it. It's Mark Johnson, director of golf thanks, at Mark. Breezy Point. And you're listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons on 1380 KLIZ. Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley, Colin McDonald with you. Find us on Facebook at Lakes, Woods, and Irons. Also Podcast One, Lakes, Woods, and Irons there as well. And on Facebook, you can leave Chris a message or a question, and uh, we'll try to help you out with that. This segment is brought your way by Mills Ford, your hometown dealer since 1922. Now here's Chris's interview with Greg Schultz, author and teaching pro in the Twin Cities. I want to welcome to the show good friend of mine who is the PGA, who's a PGA Master Professional and the lead instructor at the Les Bolstead Golf Course of the University of Minnesota. Welcome to the show, Greg Schultz. Hey, Chris. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Absolutely. It's been a few years since we had you on the show, and I... Uh, you just came out with a book, Golf Consistency, Exercising the Demons in Your Way. I love the title right. and uh, wanted to have you on and talk about it. You've, you've always been a very prolific writer, and uh, it's neat to see that, you, you, that you've published a book and you've got it out. Tell me about the book. Yeah, it was, um, it was a long time coming. You know, I, over all these 
five or more years. I've been doing this for 37, as scary as that sounds. But I started writing my notes first in notebooks and then into a computer. And, and then so I literally have over 400 articles in separate categories in my laptop, which after every every day, what I do in my lessons, I use a whiteboard during the lessons. I write down chapter titles and other notes for my students. I take a picture of the board and then come into my office every night and follow up uh, with an email to them and I, I attach the appropriate articles. So then I just, so all I needed to do, um, so these were all written, some of them up to 25 years ago. I just had to compile them and cut and this is only about 50 of the 400, so I could I could do a lot more if I wanted to, and maybe I will, but we'll see how it goes. Well, that's great, and kind of give, give me the theme of the book, Greg. Is it is it a bunch of diff, is it about a bunch of different things, or um, is your is there a focus on certain aspects of the game? Yeah, no, that's very much focused on. Uh, as it says, very little. I, I didn't want to write in an an instruction book as far as physical instruction. There's a little bit on there, I could say, in the preface. In fact, my opening line is, oh, no, not another confusing golf instruction book. And I say, agree, there are way too many already. Um, so it's not a traditional uh, hold the club this way, swing back this way, do this. It's a, um, it's, it's based on a learning perspective, not a, not a doing perspective, which, which I believe has been the missing link for, and explains, you know, the frustration so many, so many golfers have. I, you know, they're trying to swing a certain way based on their instruction or their YouTube or whatever, but they might be doing it for the wrong reasons. And what I try to do is make sure they're on the right, right path. And um, so I base on, I, I ask them uh, nearly every lesson to talk me through their thoughts and basically a re role reversal. And by doing that, I can find out whether their current beliefs are in one or more four categories. And, and the four categories are, did I hear more effects rather than causes? Can they distinguish the difference? Um, are they relevant versus irrelevant? Are they truth versus myth, and are they valid versus invalid? So those four areas are what I ask them to be honest and decide, could they really distinguish between each of those categories? And when they admit that they can't, then I know that we have to put a new plan in place. Yeah. So it's done from a learning perspective, not a doing perspective. Yeah, you really you have to change the mindset. I I always find it interesting, especially with a with a first time lesson. You know, w one of the questions I always ask, or you know, what what way do you tend to curve the golf ball, and yeah. what 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 are your mishits? Yeah. And you know, inevitably, so many people when you when you say what are your mishits or what way do you curve the ball, they they'll say to you, well, I you know, I, I look up and I don't keep my left arm straight, and I I do, and they go through this laundry list of things that they don't do in the golf swing, rather than telling me what what their golf ball does. So it's a it's an interesting paradigm that you have to to have to crack to to be able to you know ha create the awareness so that you can like you say create the learning environment. Yeah, I mean, I 
I one of my messages is that you should never have a practice session with the idea of trying to quote stop something bad from happening. Um, I help them path that says if we learn it and build it the right way, why would we need to fix anything? Um, if you build a house the right way, you don't have to fix it. And if we build it the right way uh, and they learn what's relevant, then they don't waste any more time. And, yeah, it's really a um, the idea of making the choice between whether they're going to go down the – I talk about the fixing road or the building road. And in a game of a lifetime versus a, a football or hockey or baseball sports that we're – only going to play for a short time due to the nature of that sport. But golf being a game of a lifetime, um, the fixing route is just this constant. I, I describe it as putting a little a little glue on something and then hoping that the glue holds long enough until it falls off again. And then you try to get more glue the next time and hope that lasts longer than the, than the last hunk of glue. And they keep going like that for life, and it's a vicious cycle. Um, I try to make them aware of just the relevant laws and effect, you know causes and 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 get rid of like you said we can't we got to delete the roadblocks before we can have a, a clear path. So re removing the myths is paramount. If you really yeah. hit visible barriers and walls that they don't even know they're banging their head into, I say, and but they really are, and they they can't get over them because they won't let themselves. Uh, they won't let go of those myths to begin with. Right. So, you, you, I, you, I, your title really ca caught my eye and uh, exercising the demons in your way. And I think it's, you know, if, uh, if you've played any golf at all, and if you, especially if you've played some competitive golf, uh, we all have those demons that, uh, that prevent us from playing better, the shots that we fear and, uh, you know, what, what, what's your approach to that, Greg? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Um, so I make people aware of, uh, very quickly of the, um, the four learning stages. Um, they've been given different names by different disciplines, but stage one is called technical details, all the required science and laws that, that we all need to have. So we're, we're all in the same boat there. The ball doesn't know who we are, or how long we've been doing it. It just is programmed at the moment of impact and uh, have to have enough um, core knowledge. You know, old saying you have to know enough to be dangerous. Um, otherwise, you're spinning your wheels right from the beginning. But stage two is called triggering, which is the way to send that that now understood message from brain to body to perform the swing or tennis serve or whatever. Um, and those are primarily what I what I use are called temporary practice jingles. Um, by the end of every lesson, um, they have an assigned jingle for the week um, that is very singular, very one area. And if the jingle allows them to uh, focus on that one area for the next bucket or two, and quite literally, win one week, something that they've done for years is not there anymore because. Um, this this jingle trigger uh, kept them focused on on the feeling. And stage three is called feel. Um, stage four is autopilot. So we're always working towards learning the, on a conscious level, but then doing our best to move down the the pipe, so to speak, into the 
subconscious execution of our of our swings and shots. So I don't avoid stage two is triggering, which I spend. That's how I. That's primarily how my get their assignments, so to speak, is they have uh, what are called temporary practice jingles. And so take me through a typical, somebody comes to you for a first time lesson. How do you, how do you assess what they're doing and take them through this process? Yeah, and I'll usually uh, do the um, the role reversal thing pretty early. I, I I'll start off. Um, if you were teaching a class, I make the uh, uh, I kind of point behind me and I say, pretend an audience just uh, auditorium was just filled waiting for you to do a presentation on the setup and the one full golf swing. Um, you know. An MC comes up and imagine, let's say I'm the MC and I and I say, hey everybody, um, Joe Smith is going to uh, is here to present the golf swing and set a set up in golf swing, and then you know they're going to feel like, gosh, I've never I've never done that before, which I'm sure they haven't. But the point is, um, and the main point is, if I ask the student if you just struggled with your presentation then that means you're unclear of how to send your own your own message into your own into your own body out on the first tee or the fourth fairway or seventh tee or whatever if you can't explain it to them you can't clearly explain it to yourself you and i can stand in front of a crowd chris and uh, as we both have we've been on panel together even you know that we can stand in front of 70 80 of our professional peers and and have no no trepidation at all, right? Because we know the contents well. And and that's why we can aim better because we don't have mystery or, or guests going on when we're standing over the ball. So what I try to do is find out how many barriers they have right from the beginning. And I make them aware of them. And I'd say, let's start tearing down the wall first and then we can, then the path will be a lot a lot easier. So sure. I try to extract beliefs, current beliefs out of them first. Yeah, that's awesome. And then, then what next? Yeah, then it's, uh, you know, then we take, uh, we decide together, and I always feel like I, like I say in the book, um, you know, and this is all, you know, almost all what I've done, Chris, is I have, I literally tell folks that I believe when I started um, the golf instruction side um, in 1986, I believe I understood the, the geometry of the swing circle and the physics of energy within the first hours of sure. But I've spent the last 30-whatever years um, how to send that message to them, how to simplify the, the message. And so we simply go through um, choices. Um, if they're holding the club the wrong way, I'll say, um, or I, what I do a lot, uh, Chris, I use a, I, I've always looked for, you know, we get people from all walks of life and different ages and all types of things. So what I've looked for are things that we can all relate to. Um, 
and, and I, we can all relate to academic grades. We know the difference since from, cause we all went to school, mm-hmm. no matter where it's from. So what I do is on my whiteboard with my dry erase pen, I will put down left hand grip, right hand grip stance, you know, toe flare postures, you know, and I will have them do a number of shots and I will write down academic grades and when they're done, I will show them their quote report card. And then we'll we'll look at the lower grades and we'll take the lowest grade first and say, if you had an option between holding the, let's say you had a poor right-hand grip grade, um, which is very common for the right-handed golfer. Yeah. Uh, which of these two would give you a better grade to roll your hand? You know, I'll give them the two options because once you have a, a lower grade, you know that you're not currently in the right spot. So you only have two options. You can either rotate that hand more clockwise or more counterclockwise, basically, right? And they always get the right direction. (laughs) That's a lot of research on that. If you give people choices, they will find the right choice. What I believe our responsibility is is to kind of be the referee (laughs) of the choice. Um, yeah, lead them, choose, lead them in the right direction. Yeah, um, you know, I have a couple of some quotes in in my book, and uh, yeah, you you went right into one. Um, I was I've been really kind of intrigued by a person named Bruce Lee, who was a famous martial arts icon, right? And yeah. uh, and along with probably my my biggest mentor. Uh, Mike Hebron, who's a PGA of America Hall of Fame inductee. and um, But I'll read you real quick. Bruce Lee, this is from a uh, quote that can be looked up by anyone, but Bruce Lee said this about teaching. He said, a good teacher protects his students from his – I made a mistake. A good teacher protects his pupils from his own influence. A teacher is a guide, a, a point to the truth. I am not trying to teach you anything. I just help you to explore yourself. And then I work at a, at a hockey rink in the winter, and uh, I know you've spent a lot of time in hockey rinks. Um, so uh, up here in Rogers at the hockey rink, there's a USA poster and, and filled with tons of you know, quotes. But I, I found one. I took a picture, and I put it in the book. And it, on a U.S. hockey poster, it says, the best teacher shows you where to look but not what to see. So – Mike Hebron said, the best gift you can give your student is the gift of choice, he used to say all the time. And our job is to provide the, the choices. And then if they choose the wrong one, we have a little farther, further discussion on that. And, and they'll, they'll inch their way toward, they'll understand real quick how, you know, that which choice is better. But all the learning research says human beings simply want to make their own decisions with a guide. And I, and I think of myself as a guide, not a, not a teacher necessarily. Well, Greg, that is great stuff. I, uh, I'm really looking forward to reading the book myself. I know it just came out. I'm going to order my copy here. But uh, t- tell us where people can get it and uh, how about where people can take lessons from you and learn more information. Yeah, thank you, Chris. Um, it's called Golf Consistency, Exercising the Demons in Your Way. Uh, it's on um, barnesandnoble.com, target.com, um, 
Amazon.com. Easiest way to do it, though, actually on my website, gregsholzgolflessons.com. My last name is spelled S-C-H-U-L-Z-E, uh, gregsholzgolflessons.com. Uh, right on the home page, uh, you can click the button and you can order it right from my website. It'll be there real quick. Awesome. And, well, yeah, I'm at, yeah, I'm at the University of Minnesota. Um, I also uh, I'm at Daytona Golf Club on the weekends, giving some lessons. Um, a hidden gem, by the way. And if any of you wants to haven't been there, um, yeah. So I'm primarily at the University of Minnesota, and, and you can lessons can go through that same website. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate you coming on and sharing your knowledge and talking about your new book, Greg. And uh, I look forward to seeing you soon. All right, Chris. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Thank you, Greg. That was Greg Schultz, PGA Master Professional from uh, the Les Bolstad Golf Course at the University of Minnesota. Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley, Colin McDonald with you. You can uh, find us on Facebook as well at Lakes, Woods, and Irons. And this segment brought to you in part by Holiday Stores in uh, Cross Lake and Mill Avenue and also uh, Emily Greens, the home to the largest green in the universe where golf is all about fun, emilygreens.com. Chris, uh, getting through the year here quickly we all hate how fast summer goes by but what that does mean is you've got some uh some pretty cool events coming up around the first of september we just want to talk briefly about yeah we've got kind of all our uh, all our fall programs will start here in a couple weeks the first week of september and um uh, most of our fall stuff is is focused on juniors and it's a great time if kids have been busy with baseball in the summer or the activities it's a great time to to get in some some fall golf and we've got uh our parent child league which is a we started last year which was a, a big hit it's a uh two-person scramble format we play on on uh, a legacy par three course on saturday mornings and you know if a, if a parent has more than a couple more than one kid they can they can enter a couple teams it can be a grandparent or grandparent grand child or um you don't have to have the same parent or parent every week just like to have the same uh, same child involved we, we've got that coming up we've got our high performance uh fall program which is geared towards the uh, uh, high school golfers and that's one of my favorite programs of the year because we spend a lot of time on the golf course working on uh, scoring and course management and decision making those type of things and then we've got uh our fall league which is more geared towards uh elementary middle school kids combination of uh kind of some team match play as well as a day of instruction each week so a couple days a week and uh so we've got some some still a lot of good golf opportunities left yeah oh yeah totally i think we're coming up on the best part of the year to play really it's uh that's for sure. One of the reasons the courses are packed in September, it's so great to play. So take you to the practice tee again, Chris, and the uh, world of, uh, as we're talking about there, uh, coaching golf and teaching golf is what your profession is. And uh, I, I kind of get curious because um, we talk about stats and scoring a lot, and I was kind of thinking of, uh, I've seen you enough times up there where you, you've got a variety of students, you know, from beginning uh, to experts and probably a, it has to be a variety of personalities, maybe uh, a guy who knows everything about golf <laughs> and, the, <laughs> and the people who are want to be totally moldable that know nothing about golf and everybody in between, right? Sure. You know, you, you, when, especially when you teach at a, at a place like the Lake 
where you've got a wide variety of players. You've got pe- you've got locals. You've got uh, you know people that are coming from around the state, around the country. You, you get to see a wide variety of both skill level and you know kind of knowledge level. And um, you know, so you, the part of the art of coaching is being able to to read your student, read their personality and their learning style, and and then be able to communicate with them on terms that they're going to understand. Yeah, I think uh, when the guys do get really good, you've—I mean, you've uh, uh, helped coach some great golfers, guys who are some of the best amateur players in the country right now. I mean, they—they they know the game, they play the game great, but they're willing to be moldable when it, when a guy with a good eye like yourself is looking at them. I mean, uh, you know, it seems like you could say, "Well, I already know everything," <laughs> but yeah. but they want to continue to learn and they want to continue to. Uh, tweak the game and get a little better here and there yeah you know we we all need coaching and and whether whether it's golf or business or you know just life we we all need a second set of eyes on us and so many times it's it's a, a more of an unbiased assessment of what of what our strengths and weaknesses are because so many times we can't really see the forest through the trees to be able to to you know, truly diagnose what, what our issues are. And, you know, you, you may think it's a, you know, a golf swing issue that, that is preventing you play, from playing better. But, you know, if you take a step back and you have a second set of eyes, that, you know, it might not be golf swing at all. You might be driving it fine and hitting plenty of greens. It's just your, you know, maybe your decision-making is poor. Maybe, you know, your, whether it's club selection or target selection, um, or you're just not, you know, your game isn't isn't good enough where you're where you're chipping and pitching it close enough to have an opportunity to make make the the putt to get it up and down or whatever whatever the area is, and it it uh, it always helps to have a, another set of eyes on you and somebody else helping you uh, assess where your game's at. Yeah, for me this year, I think one thing I noticed because I was uh, had a procedure on my heart and was uh, sedentary basically for a longer time than usual. I had, I think, I I felt like I really was off balance a lot of the time, which uh, is kind of not good in a golf swing. <laughs> no, one of, really one of the most important things in, in golf is, is is maintaining balance, and um, but you know it's uh, you know that's a good point. It, 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 when our health changes, or uh, you know, COVID gaining weight, or whatever, it is, uh, that's going to affect how we how we swing the golf club. So you've obviously you just got to kind of keep yourself in balance at all times, safe balance and uh, golf balance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little bit of both. And uh, we talked a little bit about scoring last week, but also it's such a game of satisfaction. You know, maybe you're hitting your drives good, or maybe you're putting great, and. Uh, Maybe you're hitting your irons great, one of the three or four options there. Uh, but usually a couple of them aren't quite right, and uh, you just try to get as high a percentage of everything uh, going. But uh can run over again a, a few uh, scoring opportunities. I know there's lots of guys you talk to, and they go, yeah, I'm playing pretty good, but I, I can't score. And that's uh, uh, kind of my boat the last couple weeks, so. Help me, Chris. <laughs> well, I think you know when when it comes down to it, you really yeah, we we talk about it a lot, but you really have to assess where where you're at. You know, it, it's important to 
today in golf, everybody wants to hit it longer, and that that's always been the way it is. But you know, length only helps you if your approach play uh, it, it improves your approach play. And really, off the tee, the most important thing is to drive in play. And and if you can eliminate penalty shots off the tee, that that's the biggest key. And if if you're not in the fairway, having the ball in a place where you can still advance it to the green or into a position where you can get your next shot on the green. So the the most important part about driving the golf ball, a big part of it is, you know, when we drive the ball well, our perception of how we're playing is much better because we're not having to scramble off the tee box, so to speak. Uh, and, you, you know, you, you have to look at your approach play from there. And how many greens are you hitting in regulation? Because the more greens you hit in regulation, the, the lower your scores are going to be. And each each additional green you hit in regulation is is worth about two and a half shots. So that that's the, the number one factor in scoring is the, greens, the number of greens you hit in regulation. And if you're missing greens, where are you missing them? Are you missing them short? Uh, are you missing them right, left? Not many people miss greens long uh, on a consistent basis so yeah. generally mm-hmm. it's short short right or left and then you know why why is that happening and and for most average players they miss the green short and they miss the green short because they don't hit the right golf club yeah um, yeah two and a half shots right two holes and you're five shots better if you could start to do it on average and i mean if you were five shots better on average over the course of a summer i think almost everybody would be smiling <laughs> No, it's huge. Yeah. yeah, it's huge. Yeah, you know, and then 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 from there you have to look at your your play around the greens and from thirty yards and then are are you getting all your shots on the green without without errors? And um, you know, our friend Peter Sanders from Shot by Shot says an error around the green is when you're with when you're within thirty yards and you don't get the ball up and down in less than four shots. So you got to get it up and down in, in four shots or less. And then, you know, if when you are in that that 30 yard and in range, uh, how many shots are you hitting within five or 10 feet? Because that's the range where you have an opportunity to make that next putt. And then around the putting green, you know, um, it's not necessarily how many putts you have around. It's how many putts you have in the greens you hit in regulation and then the greens that you miss. So while, you know, on the surface, for instance, let's say you had 34 putts in a round. Uh, that, that 34 putts in a round is a good number. Uh, 32 is better, 30 is better than that. But if you only hit two or three greens, you've got a lot of, a lot of you know, three putts in there uh, that have gotten you to that number. So mm-hmm. you really have to assess you know, where your putting is in relationship to the greens that you've hit in regulation, and then how is your short game affecting your putting as far as where are you chipping and pitching the ball to? Yeah, exactly right. I can't recommend uh, going to see Chris and your local golf pros enough because they have time, a lot of time to think about golf because that's their profession. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, a lot of us are thinking about other things through much of the day and get up there and think we're just going to be better right away. So, <laughs> so yeah. Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be good at much else, Matt, because that's all I think about is golf. <laughs> I wasn't going to say that, Chris, but I'll agree with you. <laughs> all right, sir, thank you very much. Thank you, Matt. That is Chris Foley, 
And we also want to thank our guests for this week's show, Mark Johnson and Greg Schull, special guests. Nice to have those guys on. You've been listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons on 1380 KLIZ.